for my ally is the Force. And a powerful ally it is. Life creates it. Makes it grow. Its energy surrounds us and binds us. Luminous beings are we, not this crude matter. You must feel the force around you. Here, between you, me, the tree, the rock, everywhere. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. You don't know the power of the dark side. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. I got a bad feeling about this. Welcome to episode 307 of Blue Harvest. I'm your host, Paul Burkhart. And I'm your host, Will Whitney. And we're here to talk about, about our buddy Alpha Boba Fett and our friend Omega Omega as we continue to discuss this season of The Bad Batch. You know I was excited when they dropped my dude's name in that last episode, Will. Absolutely. Uh, and we got another update of about uh, the alkali- Alkalite, which is really interesting. It seems like that's popping up in interviews and stuff quite a bit, probably because they are ramping up and getting ready to go into production. And then even a little information about the long-fabled Star Wars detours to talk about this week. So The, the comedy thing, right? Yeah, the Seth Green-produced comedy uh, that we may or may not ever see. Um. So, how's your week been, buddy? It's been good. I can't complain. Just taking care of the little ones. Yeah, the buddy. Ones. I'm not gonna lie to you. Uh, my week has not been great. Oh yeah, what happened? So I'm gonna tell you. I got two stories to tell you. The first is not like, oh, this ruined my week. It's just kind of a fucked up, funny story. So Sunday evening, Jesse and I are hanging out, and we're like, ah, we don't really feel like cooking dinner. Let's order food, right? Hop right. on Postmates. And then when you get on Postmates, it becomes the, the, the question becomes, well, what do we want? There's so many options. And somehow we, we decide maybe we want like seafood or something, right? And we're looking through this one restaurant and don't really find anything that sticks out to us. And then Jesse goes, oh, I think I found a place that looks pretty good. And she shows me the menu and I'm like, oh, this does look pretty good. And uh, they got fish and chips. Oh, fish and chips sounds awesome. Can't go wrong, right? Yeah. So I order some fish and chips. Jesse gets her meal. And it's from a restaurant called Hootie's Bait and Tackle. Funny funny name for a a restaurant, right? But she's like, yeah, I guess this is a new restaurant. I've never heard of it. I was like, yeah, me neither. Hootie's Bait and Tackle. You know, sounds kind of like the kind of restaurant that would pop up down here, right? Yeah. 
So we order and, you know, it takes a little while. And when it shows up, I go to get the food off of our front doorstep and it's a fucking Hooters bag. Oh, oh, I know what this is. We ordered Hooters for fucking yeah. delivery because what they do apparently is yeah. they change the name of their restaurant on these app delivery services, Postmates, DoorDash, Uber Eats, whatever. So people will order from them. Yeah. Um, Chuck E. Cheese doing yes. the same thing. Changes their name to like Pascal's Pizza or something, right? Yeah. So we got it, Hootie's Bait and Tackle turned out to be fucking Hootie's Bait and Switch. Because mm-hmm. I sure enough overpaid for some fucking Hooters food. Cha-ching. And Hooters Je- to go. <laughs> and Jesse was like, oh, dude this. wasn't there when you answered the door. Oh, well, you know, we, we do the, because I'm fucking antisocial. Yeah, we do the, like, just drop it off at the door and we'll we'll tip you just fine, buddy. And it's not like it's his fault, the delivery driver. Um, But, yeah, so we got duped into ordering Hooters. And, like, was it terrible? No, but it was, it was fucking Hooters quality. You know what I mean? And then, I don't know if the next story ties in to eating from Hootie's Bait and Tackle. But Tuesday morning, Tuesday Uh, in general, I had one of the worst days of my life. Case the boom booms. This might be a slight overstatement, but it was a very bad day. So I get up, um, you know, about 5.30. I have to be in, um, I have to be in a city in Alabama right at 8 when the place I'm going is opening, which means I got to leave the house about 7. And Tuesday happened to be torrential downpour thunderstorm weather. So I drive an hour to this place. And it is hardcore raining the whole time. People driving like idiots. You know what I mean? Can barely see. And I get to the office I'm working at. And I get out of the car. And I I will say, I felt okay, right? Like, my stomach felt a little nauseous, but sometimes that happens in the morning, especially if I get up and I don't eat and I just have caffeine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I was, got you. I was the tiniest bit sweaty, but it's also <laughs> Alabama in July, right? Yeah, who isn't? So I get out and it's pouring down rain. So I get out of the car, and I take my ass around to the back of the car to get to get my wheelchair out, pop the trunk, and before I can get my wheelchair... I pooped myself. <laughs> no warning. No warning. Oh. No like, you know what I mean? Like when you, you got upset stomach, your stomach hurts. And you're like, ooh, I don't feel so good. Just, yeah. just poop myself a little bit. <laughs> no warning. So uh, naturally, I'm like, well, I got to go home. It's an hour drive, right? Oh, no. So not only do I have to ha- have the drive of shame home for an hour, I have to stop three times on the way home and throw up. And when I say throw up, I mean pull over on the side of the highway, open my door and throw up. And there's cars speeding past throwing water in my face because it's pouring down rain. So, like, I'm getting dirty-ass highway water thrown in my face. Uh, and I'm embarrassed. No. And I have to call Jesse and go, hey, uh, I'm coming <laughs> home early. Uh, just stay in your office when I get home. Don't come out. And she's uh, like, why? What's no. wrong? I'm like, yeah, nothing. No, just don't worry about it. 
And then to top it all off, I get home. Obviously, first thing I do, take a shower. I'm a grown ass man, poop myself. Oh. Fuck yeah, this is awesome. Taking a shower, and I get out of the shower, and Jesse comes into the bathroom all upset because our outside cat that we've been taking care of, you know, when our, our neighbor passed away a couple years ago, we started to take care of her out our of her outside cat. It's a cat who, by the way, has has lived here, lived in this neighborhood since I moved here. He was here when you were here. It's the long-haired orange cat. Right. She comes in all upset because she found him dead in her front yard. So Tuesday really sucked, buddy. Because we got pretty attached to that cat over the last two or three years taking care of him. Right. And, buddy, just one thing after another. Same shit, different day. It's tough. It's tough, dude. I'm sorry. Just, I don't know what was worse. I mean, obviously, I, I think I know what was worse, but the the throwing up on the side of the road while I get, like, it was like being in a wave pool. People splashing water up on me while they drove past. Oh no! Me. Oh lord! And I was sick all day Tuesday, and then get this. This is this is what's really weird. Um. I was talking to our buddy Araj from the Sith List on the phone yesterday morning. Just catching up because we haven't talked in a while. Mm-hmm. He had the same problem on the day before, on the same Tuesday. That is weird. He had a real bad stomach issue. Mm. <sighs> that is weird. Bro. So. Tuesday was shit. <laughs> to say Literally. the least. Yeah. So yeah, there you go, guys. I, I lay my embarrassment in front of you and tell you about fucking one of the worst days I've had in recent memory. Oh, man. Um, I'm sorry about that. You didn't poop yourself. I mean, you could make me feel a whole lot better if you're like, it's okay, buddy. I pooped myself this week. You too. know what? The weirdest thing that happened this week. What I is that? Myself. Are you serious? Yeah. Did yeah, you have totally. Hootie's bait and tackle? I didn't. Oh. It must just be something going around. Must be. Digitally. <laughs> Digital stomach virus. Um, so, uh, hey, if you guys don't already, you should follow us on Twitter, Twitch, and Instagram at Blue Harvest Pod. And if you really enjoy the show, which after the first nine and a half minutes, I have to question your personal taste. Um, but if you really enjoy it and you want to support us for as little as $3 a month, you can on our Patreon page, patreon.com slash blue harvest podcast. Once you sign up and you pick a uh, support level, you'll get access to the exclusive feed where we post all our bonus shows, where I've been posting my immediate bad batch reactions, star Wars year by podcast. King Tom and I are going to be recording and posting a masters of harvest coffee very soon about a game. Um, that I'm really excited to talk about a Star Wars game and uh, Jaws. Oh no, it's Hall Solo, Cooking with Will, um, Blue Harvest Adventures, Podula Rasa, so, so many bonus shows. And you can access those once again at patreon.com slash Blue Harvest Podcast. And a big shout out to all our patron listeners. You guys are the best. 
I don't really, I don't really know what to say after all that, buddy. Think we could just do a 10 minute episode this week? And they'd be like, guys, guys, I've put up with a lot of fucking shenanigans with you guys from you guys over the last six years. I was about to say, they just listened to nine minutes of poop talk, poop and puke talk. And they you were like, something. They were like, you know, here I am. You know, I, I put up with the crippled ghost. I put up with the fucking weird, the weird time when Halls was obsessed about asking Will about the little man that lived in his fridge. Um, you know, all these shenanigans I put, I put up with, and now you're not even going to talk. You're just going to lay that story out. And you're not even going to talk about Star Wars. Sheesh. Yeah, we'll talk about Star Wars. What did you think about this week's Bad Batch, buddy? I thought it was really good. I'm glad she's back with her family. You know, I am too. I did. I kind of expected it to take them a little while to get her back, right? I did too. I kind of wondered if that was... I'm so glad it didn't. Yeah, me too. I kind of wondered if that was going to be the storyline for the rest of the season, right? Was their quest to get Omega back. But nah, man. I got that shit uh, uh, handled in one episode. They said not one of ours. You don't you don't mess with one of ours. I um I thought it was really interesting how this episode didn't really feature the Bad Batch all that much. It was it was a really really uh an Omega Fennec Shan slash Cad Bane focused episode, right? Absolutely. It was uh really impressively Omega taking care of herself. Yeah. Omega fucking rules. Um, she really does. We've already established that we're big Omega yeah. fans here, but they flashed that Cad Bane uh, headpiece, the metal metal skull, a couple times. They did, purpose. right? And Quite a couple times. Yeah, man. And not only that, the fact that they purposely dropped Boba Fett's name—he's going to show up at some point. Like you know, I I try to be very tempered with my Boba Fett expectations because I've been burned before and and like i'm getting a whole whole ass boba fett show at the end of the year so i don't want to try and be that dude that's like you know speculating that he's going to be in everything Um, well you may i mean omega may be it may be in everything you got boba fett and now you got baby fett okay like sister fett basically sister fett yeah that's what i'm saying like she's young sister fett she's gonna be her own mandalorian and she may be in a lot of stuff before you, you know, this may only be the beginning. Part. And I'm totally cool with that. It's just, I'm not, you know, like. She could show up in the Mandalorian. She could. She very well could. Or she could show up in the book of Boba Fett. Even. Both. Both. Kidding? Why not both? Um. So, the, you know, this whole idea of her, her sort of clone code name being Omega. I'm going to be 100% honest with you here, buddy. I didn't even think about the possibility of there being an alpha and, and said alpha being Boba Fett. So when right. they dropped that, I was like, oh, that's pretty fucking cool. They just said his name. I I put it together. As soon as they said that she was a perfect genetic copy, I was like, oh, shit, that's Boba Fett's sister. Like, yeah. perfect genetic copy. Like, yeah. So, I mean... I mean, I guess, you know, there's no guarantee that he's going to show up at some point because it's just as easy to, you know, you could just do a name drop. Like, I'm pretty sure, I might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure they name drop 
director Krennic in Rebels, and and he never showed up, right? So there's no guarantee. Oh, I can't remember. Yeah, it's been a while. That it, Rebels is on my list to restart. I still stand by my original uh, question. I wonder where Omega's second X chromosome comes from. Uh, yeah, that is an entry. I mean, could it could it have just been some sort of like genetic engineering? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, I, the 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 thought of it is it a copy of the existing X chromosome? Is it a donor X chromosome that is? You know, like you said, genetically engineered. What on the Y chromosome did they have to add to the new X to make sure they got Django? You know, like it's interesting. You say perfect genetic copy, but you know, um, without a Y chromosome. Anyway, yeah. yeah anyway, so much science. Sorry. So we I have almost Neil deGrasse Tyson. But so, so we have, um, uh, we have Omega who is a perfect genetic clone of Django Fett. And that's why she's so valuable to the Kaminoans, right? She, she's the perfect source. So if they want to keep, because they say in like the first episode, right, that the original samples have all decayed. And yeah. they can't really produce more clones from those original samples. So she holds right. a, an exact genetic copy. So she, she, they can draw from her to create more clones, is right. what it seems like, right? Correct. And then, you know, they mentioned that Boba is Omega, uh, the first genetic copy, per, a perfect genetic copy. Um, so, and then once again, you have Cad Bane flashing that skull plate in his head. You have the own unproduced shit from the Clone Wars where Boba Fett and Cad Bane have their sort of standoff. So, I feel like. I bet that gets animated in a flashback. Yeah, it would be cool if they did it in a flashback. The real cool thing is if, and and you know, I don't know how likely this would be, but it'd be really cool if they did like a, you know, an hour animated special that was that unproduced arc from the Clone Wars or something. Boba v Bane. Yeah, just like not you know not a new season of Clone Wars, but like a you know, an additional little animated movie for the Clone Wars or something that explains it. Yeah, the production value you could put into that one shot. Um, but yeah, man, I I, uh, I really like this episode. I thought the place where they went to uh, for the drop-off or whatever, the, the abandoned cloning facility that had, like, serious Cloud City vibes, yeah. I thought that place was really cool. Um, is that not Cloud City? I just thought it was Tabana Gas Mines. I don't believe that's Cloud City. I think they said the name of the system, and I can't remember. So maybe okay. I'm uh, maybe I'm wrong. If that turns out to have been Cloud City the whole time, I'm gonna feel like a real dummy. It's gonna be worse than when I was like, "No, that's not a Dianoga. That's definitely not a Dianoga." <clears throat> um. And then, of course, obviously, we have Fennec Shand show back up. Yeah, and, in a big way. And be a, a real bad badass. Real badass. And uh, cryptically, uh, you know, she's like there for Omega in a, in a supportive way. Yeah, because it seems like, you know, one side of the Kaminoans, I always get their names mixed up, once... Omega for 
live or die. They just want her genetic material, right? Is it Lamasu? It's Lamasu and Tanwi, right? I think. Tanwi's here. Um, and then the other one wants to keep Omega alive. Clearly has like an attachment to Omega, right? Yeah, does not want her to die. So it seems like Finnick is working for that side. Is, is or, yeah, the, the good nature. Of yeah. <clears throat> Which was nice to see. You know, it, it also makes sense because, you know, they Finnick, were wearing the same head crest when she was first introduced. Um, the next Omega time, was. the next time we see Finnick will be book. I mean, we'll probably see her more in the show, I would imagine. But after Bad Batch, the next time we see her in a show is going to be Book of Boba Fett, right? Which mm-hmm. I imagine she's basically a co-protagonist of. Her and Boba are the, the two main leads. Yeah. Um, at least that's kind of how I envision it. And it would make sense that you're going to show like sort of her good side. We saw it some in, in Mandalorian season two, obviously. Like her and Boba are real quick to be like, nah, fuck this. We're helping you get that kid back, dude. You gave my dude his armor back? Yeah. We're going to help you get that little green guy back. That's very cool of him. <laughs> yeah, man. That's, I got to tell you, it will go down in in like my top five Star Wars moments. Like the honor code of Boba Fett moment from that episode of Mandalorian. Where right. he's like, no man, I'm I'm just here for the armor. You you give me that armor, I'm I got your back, dude. We're we're rolling together till we get that kid back. <clears throat> so it also adds emotional weight to Boba Fett's armor that he that he was willing to do what it took to get it back. Yeah, well for sure, and and not just that. Like when you think about the whole idea of like you know Boba Fett being orphaned as a young kid, and is that is that. Is it Jango Fett's armor? Is right. that kind of retconned in, in in the Mandalorian? Well, they kind of like that. Doesn't he? Oh man, I feel dumb if I can. He kind when of he states looks like at the yeah the, this, the sigil the the genet the lineage. Right, he says or maybe the arm. Is it the armor's lineage or that just it's like the chain code and the Fett's armor or whatever? Family tree or something. And he's like, this armor bo- belonged to my father, Jango Fett, or whatever. Yeah. Right. So I think it is. I think it's supposed to be. Okay. His armor, which is weird because, like, there's that scene in you the Clone told Wars me that they were different. Well, the, what led me to believe that is because in Clone Wars, there's that scene where young Boba tries to set up the trap for Mace Windu, where he puts a bomb in a helmet that looks like Jango's. Um, okay. But maybe he just had spare helmets. I didn't know. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't really care. Because Boba is back, baby. Yeah, baby. Um, <laughs> I thought the the fight scenes between Finnick and Cad Bane in this episode were sick. Absolutely. Uh, that's the way you want to see two bounty hunters going at it. It was mm-hmm. good. It was you real good. You could tell Bane was getting irritated. Yeah, especially He's considering... He's not used to that level of... Uh, uh, resistance and i like how badass they're establishing finnick as being in what has sort of been established to be pretty early in her career right like 
right. when they're asking Sid about Fennec Shand, she's like, there's not much out there about her. She's pretty new or whatever. So she's new and she's already going toe to toe with Cad Bane, like one of the most badass bounty hunters out there. I, I think that's pretty rad. Absolutely. <clears throat> so, yeah. Um, overall, I thought it was another good episode. I'm excited to see where it goes from here. I imagine, you know, we still have a lot more cross crosshair and his fucking toothpicks i assume more bounty hunters are going to be on their tail after this you have to think i mean i guess that's probably how how boba fett's going to get brought into it right is he's going to be he's going to be hired to to get omega back possibly and then he's going to show up and be like holy shit i got a sister or they'll mess up and try to take both of them yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe that is it. Like, cause Boba is, you have to imagine that Boba holds the same value to them as Omega, right? Since they're both perfect copies. Right. So yeah, that could very well be it too. Um, you know what I, f- I totally forgot about until this episode, uh, that? was that Seth Green does the voice of Cad Bane's robot buddy. Oh Yeah. It had totally slipped my mind until this episode when he does quite a bit of talking. I really like Omega fucking with him and like befriending him and then fucking Shutting with him. him off. Yeah. yeah. Um, but speaking of Seth Green, there was an interview he did this week where he brought up um, inter- uh, brought up uh, detours. This comes from Entertainment Weekly. Um. And he said, the most recent conversations I've had with anybody who would be in a position to say detours could be released, say it's not soon. Um, and then he sort of goes into the reasons, saying that there are 39 episodes that were finished for broadcast, as well as 62 unproduced scripts. But we finished them almost 10 years ago, and so there would be have to be a bit of reconfiguring of the existing stuff to make it something that Disney plus would release as a Lucasfilm offering. And the way it's been explained to me is there hasn't been enough interest high enough to go through what it would take to put it out. And there isn't any interest in releasing this content on Disney plus from Lucasfilm. So, you know, it's it unless he's playing a, a mean game of poker face, poker face. Um, sounds like, that rumor from earlier this year about detours being readied to release on Disney plus doesn't sound super likely. Mm. Um, but he did have something, I mean, you know, it's, it's not any good news about seeing detours, but he did say, um, uh, um, something that I thought was really nice. He says, I don't really have an emotional position because I got to spend four straight years making something with George Lucas. And my partner and I and all the people that got to work on it, the artists and actors and directors and animators, we all got to make something Star Wars with the guy who created. And so I know over those four years that he was having fun, and that's really all I care about. I got a priceless experience with one of my truest heroes and got to see him laugh and and enjoy all the things that he created. In a time before he agreed to sell them to somebody else. 
That sounds amazing. Dude, can you imagine making Uncle George laugh? No, I can't. Not oh. with the Star Wars anything. Man. To me, he will have seen it all. Do you think what do you what do you think he would think about that story I told at the beginning of the podcast? Do you think he'd laugh to that or think he'd probably I mean, I'm just gonna go you know, poop is universally funny. Hey man, I that's guess. true. He did have Jar Jar step into a big old piece a big old pile of poop, so maybe he would think it was kinda of funny. It's hard not to laugh at someone when they poop themselves. <laughs> just out of like trying to make them feel better. Because yeah. you don't want to be the person that's like, ugh. Hey man, it's not like I'm proud of it. I had See, no warning. That's why you laugh. That's why you laugh. George Lucas, just a sensible chuckle, maybe. And then he'd go like, uh-huh. like get uh-huh. me out of here. Shut himself. <laughs> get me I shit myself this. filming the first Star Wars. I almost got myself a heart attack. Sky, shit myself in the desert. This guy looks like a panther. <laughs> get, me, get me the fuck out of here. This is worse than hanging out with Rick McCollum. I shit myself. I used to date Linda Ronstadt, you know. All I do is drink coffee. <sighs> can't get can't shit. help it. I'm like a coffee maker myself. You can't get shit stains out of these white shoes I always wear. I don't do a good Uncle George. Not at all. It's devolved. It's devolved into something <laughs> on its own. But You ever try to get shit out of flannel? <laughs> I think this is a character from... Uh, <laughs> Oh God! What's it called, Mister Pickles on Adult Swim? <laughs> this is the, sounds like the sheriff. It's the bad, bad George Lucas impression. Man, I wish I could do a really good one though. I wish I could too. Um, she could do him proud. If I tell you, let me watch that documentary, The Making of the Magic, or whatever, a couple times, and I'll, I'll have <laughs> oh, a better man. snap. Dude, I it takes it just takes me a couple of times watching. Um, shit. Empire Dreams. The, That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. yeah, the the making of that came on the DVD set. Um, and I can nail a fucking um, fuck. Why can't I remember his name? A Peter Mayhew impression from that documentary because he has this whole whole story about the first time he met George Lucas and he was sitting in a chair and George Lucas came into the office. And um, Peter Mayhew was a, as a polite English gentleman, so he stood up. And when George came in the door, and George looked up at him and say, "Hey, I, I think we found the guy." Mm. And man, I I just got to watch that scene a couple of times, and I can nail it. But if I don't, it, like it, I go out of practice real quick. I used to an, annoy the shit out of Jesse watching that documentary and then doing that. That that dialogue from Peter Mayhew, she'd be like, "Oh mm. God, not again!" Oh Jesus. <clears throat> um. So, uh, one more thing I wanted to bring up before we move on to hearing from our friends is, you know, we we were talking last week about um the Leslie Headland Alkalite Star Wars Alkalite project that's coming, that looks like it's going to start shooting next year. And then the rap this week had an interview with her where she also dropped some intriguing information. Um, And she talked about sort of how she was 18 when the Phantom Menace came out and, you know, how she was a big Star Wars fan before that and, you know, how excited she was. 
And then she said, and, and I know there were varying reaction to it, and certainly there was a lot of people that had grown up with the original trilogy who were disappointed, disappointed by it. But I was actually very intrigued by why George Lucas had started us at that particular point. I kind of wondered, but what happened to lead up to this? That's kind of where my Star Wars fan brain went and was like, how did we get here? And why are the Jedi like this? When they are in power, why are they acting this way? And how is it that they're not having the reaction that you would think they would to Anakin's presence and what Qui-Gon is saying about how passionately he feels about training him and bringing him into the fold? It's like even the discovery of Darth Maul is kind of met with this, hmm, interesting kind of feeling. So I just think for me, my brain has always buzzed around that area and wondered what's going on here or what's been going on here. And she basically says um, that, you know, that that whole idea and that whole thought has led into the alkalite, that she's exploring that kind of stuff in the alkalite, which That's interesting. I think is pretty fascinating. Yeah, absolutely. Because it's still going to take take place quite a bit before the Phantom Menace, but it sounds like, you know. Enough to be a different world. Um, and, and for the those questions she had about the Phantom Menace to influence the story she's going to tell in Star Wars, I think she raises a lot of cool questions and a lot of interesting potential for that series, right? Mm-hmm. Like, to see even further back what led to the Jedi because you know the Phantom Menace is basically the beginning of their downfall but they they had clearly already weren't in the best place before that right which is what she's kind of talking about so I'm, I'm interested to see where it goes and I think that's a fascinating approach to doing Star Wars set in the timeline that she's she's doing right so I'm fucking stoked i can't wait for that one (coughs) right i think that's all i really wanted to talk about this week as far as stuff that's uh that's come out so why don't we uh jump in and hear some voicemails are you down with that buddy yes i am let's do it Crash box Kitty Cockhead Running around slaying bitches with his cockhead He's a big Surian stud He loves to split chicks with his hud Kitty Cockhead To stroke his cone and suck on his balls Kitty Cockhead What you gonna do when he comes on you now? He's a Jedi Council stooge But he'll be pumping spooge tomorrow First off, we'll hit an email because we got one email this week. We'll start with an email. All right. 
Howdy, Halls and Will. Hopefully you both have found a way to beat this crazy summer heat. My question last week about Bothans came from the fact that they haven't really recanonized Bothans as a species in the Disney-era canon. I just wanted to make that quick note because I forgot to add that to my email and I felt like the lack of Bothans as a species in the new canon opens up the possibilities for anything. Anyway, this week I thought of how a lot of people, including myself, love when characters return and get new stories. I wonder how would you want the following characters to return if you want them to return? What kind of story you'd like to see them in and what medium that story would be in? Comics, animated, or live action series, or in a film? Uh, first up, he has Sebulba. Um, Sebulba, I would, I, I mean, I wouldn't say that I don't want him to return, but like, I'm also not super interested in, in any more info about Sebulba. So if I see him again, I want to see bad things happen to him because he's mm-hmm. an asshole. Like maybe I want to see. So to me, like if you want me to to take in a Sebulba story, put it in a comic, right? Because um, I could see it working in that. Or in, oh shit, when will it be? So 1999 to 2009 is 10 years. 2019 is 20 years. Okay, and so in 2029, when they do the From a Certain Point of View book uh, for the 30th anniversary of um, the Phantom Menace. <laughs> That's a long time. Sure is. I hope I'm around, man. Me and you both. Um, it, give me a Sebulba story in that, right? Yeah. I would say... Um... You know how Pixar does these really high-quality shorts? Yeah. Yeah. I think it'd be cool if Lucasfilm did that with some of these extraneous characters that they're not going to come back to. You could do a little Sebulba short, you know, and try, you know, have him trying to make some big play, some big racing play or screwing, you know, getting screwed over or I don't know. Okay. Uh, then he said the next one he has is Zam Wessel, the assassin slash bounty hunter from episode two, right? Oh man. Shortest book ever written. How, life would, of Zam Wessel. how would you like to see her come back? Um, I don't know, maybe some sort of uh, some sort of underworld Crimson Dawnish kind of filler, you know, finding out about that. So, yeah, like maybe like it might be kind of cool to see her show up in something like The Bad Batch. No, it's too late for whoa, she can't show up in The Bad Batch. No, she yeah. died in Phantom Menace. No, the Attack of the Clones. Attack of the Clones. Oh, you're right, you're right, you're yeah, right. Attack yeah. of the Clones. Yeah, I. I'd be all right without any more Zam Wessel. Zam Wessel to me is kind of like um, Diet Fennec Shand. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I like Fennec Shand way more. And her character is confusing because at first you're like, oh, what's going on? Oh, oh, she was a shape changer? Oh, that's Changel. crazy. Um, I think because you think is the dart melting her, and then no, she just changed shape. Well, remember at the be- when when Anakin's on top of the taxi and he's like trying to stab her through the canopy. Um, she does morph a for, little, in the yeah, face. And, and then he goes, 
Um, I think he's a she and she's a changeling. Remember, he yeah. says that to Obi Wan before they go in I the bar. Do. The one the of the worst thing, delivered lines in the prequel trilogy. What what difference did it make that Zam Wessel was a changeling? Like she didn't try to use that to get away. You know what I mean? Well, like, she I didn't think that's maybe. Appearance. I think that's maybe the implication, right? Is like, oh well, we should be. We should really be on the lookout in case she, because like if she can change appearance and slip away, like you could see why that someone having that ability would be something to be cautious about. No, but she I agree. never I'm uses it. I'm just saying it. she didn't use it. Yeah, like, which why is weird. have you know, you're a changeling. Why not try to pull a looky loo? You know, like maybe she couldn't find a change of clothes because like it didn't change when she was changing. It didn't change her outfit. It just changed her face, right? Well, so to really pull it try off, anything she would have had to get somebody else's clothes and then changed um then he says imbo the frisbee hat bounty hunter i want to see imbo get his get a whole episode in star wars visions the anime inspired yeah that is what i want it would be very cool um tobias beckett val and rio so han solo's um short-lived running crew from you could do a beckett origin story Mm -hmm. and that would be great you know like man it would be so awesome if they blossom their relationship i i mean i know it's this is probably one of the least likely things to happen but if we got a mini series live action disney plus that was beckett val and rio on some high Rio the John Favreau character yeah with the four arms yeah yeah that would be great that would be real cool I could especially for Val and Rio like Beckett's all right like but he's he's also you know (sighs) he's booties like groceries yeah he eats booties like groceries just not on Tuesday um that's what I would really like to see uh Oppo 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 Rancisis the my snake man. Jedi. My man. My man. Opa Rancisus. Do we... We don't know how he meets his end, do we? Yeah, I don't know. Because he's not on the council by episode two, I don't think, right? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe he had to go into hibernation. Yes. She had his snake skin. Her skin. He had to... He had to shed a snake skin. Sleep on a, th- a heated rock while he shed a snake skin. And they brought in a big rat for him. You know what I mean? A big feeder he's rat. A snake. He's a snake. He's a snake. snake. How do you want to see old Oppo come back? Um, let's see. I don't know, man. He's old, right? Like he's old. Like you could see him. It, let's see him in the alkalite. Yeah, it, yeah. But who like, says it, he can't be hundred plus that. years? Yeah, absolutely. That's what I was gonna say. Yeah, fuck yeah. All right, what about of Ochi of Bestoon, the Jedi Hunter in the comics, and Rise of Skywalker? I want to I want to know about some Ochi of Bestoon. But at the same time... Ochi would, the Jedi Hunter, that's the one that died. Yes, with the, with the knife. The Sith dagger. Honestly, like, Ochi, I would be what? satisfied with, like, just a really kick-ass book about Ochi's backstory. I know they're using him in the comics right now, but I mean like, you know, just give me an Ochi book and I'll be like, cool. That is not going to happen. Cause that's not, I don't know that that is 
the kind of book that sells a whole <laughs> a whole lot of copies, but right. that would be sufficient enough for me to get my Ochi of Bastoon fix. Fucking old his 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 face looking like a fucking one of those orange cuties. What is that? What are they called? Those tiny, tiny little oranges, left out in the yeah, sun. Yeah, cuties. Cuties are for kids. Well, or about four of them in one sitting is for halls. Thank you very much, because I'd be <laughs> a smashing those things. Well, they're made for children, so that's fine. Plus, it prevents scurvy. Uh, Admiral Pride. Um, look, I th- I think Richard E. Grant did a wonderful job in the role of Admiral Pride. Um, but I, I just don't really know where I would like to see him. No, he only, his, his, he served the function to be the super awesome mega evil. And then, you know, we know, like he's got that one line that he served Palpatine, which you assume is during like the original trilogy era. I don't know, like throw him in something like a little cameo, but I, you know, part of the reason is like Imperial officers just typically aren't really my thing. And what's They're weird about that is basically red shirts. Well, and, and the other thing is, like, if you really think about it, a lot of the Imperial officer characters played by like some of the best actors in the series. Like, oh, you got well. fucking Peter Cushing playing Tarkin, right? You got uh, if you're gonna be a space Nazi, you need someone that can sell it. Ben Mendelsohn fucking chewing up scenery in Rogue One as Krennic, yeah, right? Um, Richard E. Grant. So it's not even from a performance standpoint. It's just, it's just not my, my particular, one hundred percent Star Wars jam. Um, if you would prefer a target, a military target, then name the system. Uh, Migs Mayfeld. Uh, that is, um, shit. What is his name? How the fuck can I not remember his name? Uh, God, Bill Burr. It's Bill Burr from The Mandalorian, right? Oh, yeah. I can take more of that. He's cool. He's funny. I would like to see him show up in, you know, Book of Boba Fett or Mandalorian Season 3. I definitely want to see more of that character. Uh, I would also be kind of interested to see something about his time in the Empire, right? Yeah, we've seen his his baptism towards good. You could say good. Anti-hero is probably yeah. more correct. But yeah, but, I, uh, yeah, I would, I would love to see some more of him in live action, and especially if you could bring back that commander um, that he ends up killing. You know, if you oh, could work yeah. that in there somehow, that would be cool. Yeah. Uh, and then he says, and of course, the old cockhead himself, Kiati Mundi. Oh man, I feel like Kiati Mundi needs a nineteen seventies. Uh, 1990s style action film, Jean Claude Van Damme oh, God. action film. You are, Shows up to the scene of the murder with the aviators on, like wife beater and a leather jacket, tight jeans, boots. You know, flicks the. Have we ever talked about how fucked up it is that that is a colloquial term for a white tank top? Wife beater. Isn't that fucked up? I, I guess I I said it without thinking about. I, I, are, people do are, all the time, but it's like you it's want a, a muscle shirt, I guess technically, or a, 
Hey, what do you uh, or it's a it's a tank top. What do you It's a tank top. Yeah. What do you call that shirt you're tank wearing? Top what kind of tiger. Hey, will you look in the dryer and see if my domestic abuse is dry? Really <laughs> want to wear that. Is my domestic abuse uniform in there? <laughs> really like to wear that out to uh out now, to dinner be, tonight. I'm going to be drinking Bud Heavies and that really sets off the outfit. Um I'd like to see Kia D. He's All right. I would be willing to bet a whole lot of money that we just never see him again. No, he's too problematic to explain. His head looks like a dick. If you like keep the harem. Well, and his, his head is phallic. Well, for one, nature. you don't have to keep that. That was pre, pre-canon, and it's not that a harem. True. He is a man who has multiple wives to help keep the species alive. We've been over this, William. Yeah, yeah, I know. There are, there are people that call that not a harem in the real world, too. Yeah, okay, so he's got sister wives. It's all, it's all right, though, man. It's all right. He's, keeping, he's keeping, he's helping keep the species alive. I've got nothing wrong with that. I mean, I'm not hating. I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure uh, I heard this from a guy one time that uh, one of the holy books says that you can keep as many wives as you can afford to keep happy. And I was like, if that's if that's if that is anyways, I'd, wall, you want to I'd like to see him come back. I'd like to see him come back in uh, in any way possible, be it book, be it animated series, be it. I, but I want live action most of all. And man, would it have tickled my taint if <laughs> he showed up at the end of I like obviously what we There's got is way better. The guy in the makeup doing the little like a little saunter like twirl saber like a cane yeah right? like, yeah twirling his his lightsaber yeah i like that gift anytime i see that i'm like ah kitty i like it too obviously all right let's jump on to some emails thank you for your email sam um some voicemails first up we got josh wright let's hear what he has to say hello there Haas and will this is josh wright um, I hope you guys are doing well. I'm really enjoying the podcast. Um, quality content, as always. Um, <laughs> I'm also enjoying the Bad Batch quite a bit, as I know you guys are, too. Um, the episodes just seem to keep getting better and better. Um, and it's been fun to see the kind of weekly, uh, almost weekly, uh, special guest stars that have been showing up. Um, it's starting to feel a little bit like the uh, Star Wars version of The Love Boat, but uh, that's okay. I love I love seeing the old characters uh, coming back and interacting with uh, with uh, with Omega and the gang. So um, inspired by that, and inspired by Jim's post last week. Um, if you guys don't mind, I would like to give you guys a list of characters I think might be interesting to see in the Bad Batch, and um, ask you if you could if you guys could give a percentage. Um, on how likely you think we are to see that character in the Bad Batch. Um, And then afterwards, maybe uh, which of those characters um, you think would be most interesting to see um, in the Bad Batch, or um, maybe you would like to see the most in the Bad Batch, if any of them. So, without further ado, here's the list. All right, number one, Hondo. Yeah. I could see Hondo being in the Bad Batch. What about you, Will? 85%, It just seems like... Okay, so Hondo's in Clone Wars. Hondo's in Rebels. 
why wouldn't Honda like? I mean, you just did the same thing with uh, Bane, right? Like, yeah, and and like why? Why in a show that in a lot of ways does feel sort of like a bridge in between Clone Wars and Rebels, right? It starts with Kanan escaping um, Order 66. You have Rex showing up. Rex is in Rebels, blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, I'd say a solid 85% as well. I'd be really surprised if Hondo doesn't show up sometime. And let's hear the next one. Number two, Darth Vader. Zero. Yeah. I say zero because there's no Jedi threat. And Darth Vader is still pretty early in the suit at this point. Hunting Jedi. He ain't got time to worry about rogue clones. Yeah. Yeah. Number three, Maul. Once again, zero. Really? I think it's possible. You think so? Um... Because he's not dead yet, right? No, no. it's He dies way closer to A New Hope. Right. So, yeah. I don't know. I just don't... It's entirely possible. With the, well, you got, you're going to have to at some point. The fact that you brought him back for Solo means you got yeah, plans. And I guess, like... I guess he's probably still doing, like, the criminal underworld shit, right? The Crimson Dawn Which he shit. apparently does all the way till. Till he's dead. Till he's dead. Well, no, no, he's not, he's out of that by the time we see him in Rebels. Rebels. Okay. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, yeah, you're you're putting that a little higher. What would you say the percentage is? Mine's like forty. I'm gonna say twenty percent. Okay. Number four, Barris Offy. Barris Offy. Now, Will, quick, quick, uh, primer in case you or any of the listeners. I uh, don't remember. Barris Offy is kind of the the Jedi that frames Ahsoka when Ahsoka gets kicked out of the Order, um, and they haven't done anything with her since that that storyline. Um, I don't think she'll be in this, but Barris Offy is going to show up in something, and I kind of think it might be like we're getting an Ahsoka show, so like, wouldn't that be a really easy sort of pre-made like established villain for Ahsoka to face off against is the Jedi that betrayed her back in the day. That would be perfect. And then I always kind of like the idea that maybe Barriss Offie became one of the Inquisitors. That would be cool. But as far as Bad Batch goes, I'm going to say pretty low. I'm going to say 20 again, 20%. Yeah, I agree with that. Number five, a Jedi with no on-screen uh, canon death, Quinlan Voss. I am going to just follow my emotions and say 100% because of our buddy Sal. I'm just going with my heart instead of my head, and I'm saying 100%. I'm going to try to think rationally and say 60%. Okay. And finally, at number six, hero of the Clone Wars, the esteemed senator... From Naboo, the one and only Jar Jar Binks. I would flip uh, my shit. I would love I, it. As I said, I would love it. I'd love to hear No, when know. I say flip my shit, I mean it in a positive way. I'd be like, oh, fuck yeah, Jar Jar, baby. Um, probably, once again, pretty low. 
fascinating to see like where Jar Jar's at at this point though. Um, so I'm going to say pretty low and say like another like 30, 20, 30% just to give it some hope, some glimmer of hope. Um, and as far as which one I find most interesting, I'm no shit. I find Jar Jar the most interesting mm-hmm. just because like we know what Darth Vader's up to. We've seen a ton of Darth Vader. Love the character, obviously. Don't need to see him in Bath Batch. <clears throat> I think Barris Offy is a really cool character. I really want some more of her story and to find out more about what's going on with her. Don't think Bad Batch is the place to do it. I think there's better places you could do it, right? Yeah. Um, but to me, the most interesting one to see, Jar Jar, baby. I want to know what he's up to since the forming of the Empire and you know, oh, man, I would be real fascinated by that. And I'd be real stoked for Ahmed Best. Do you think Best. Palpatine lets him keep his senatorship? Or do you think he's like, you played your part, clown? Oh, I don't know. I hope he doesn't call him clown. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, next up, we have a voicemail from Andrew. Hey, Oz and Will. This is Andy from Ontario, Canada. I have a bit of cock duty speculating to do. I don't really think this is what's going to happen. I mean, it might, but anyway. Um, what if Omega did have an, inhib- an inhibitor chip still? Um, they kind of brushed over that she didn't have one. You know, Wrecker would say, you know, ah, oh, that's not fair that she doesn't have one. And I don't think she's ever scanned or anything. And they got past the... Uh, all the Order 66, Wrecker's headache, they got past that pretty quick. I think a lot of people thought it might be dragged out a little more, that it might be, you know, a season finale type deal. But they, they've moved past it, and now it's the bounty hunters are after them. And, you know, f- for what purpose is Omega? Like, who was she made for? Or what purpose was she made for? Uh, which we still don't know. But she could have an inhibitor chip. Uh, I don't. I don't think that was ever addressed further. But uh, that could be a big twist, uh, especially, you know, someone as uh, bright-eyed and bright-spirited as her, for her to turn like that and switch sides uh, out of nowhere because we're moving past it. I think that would be pretty interesting. But um, anyway, guys, great show. Keep it up. <laughs> um, so, um, I don't know, man. I kind of feel like tech is not the kind of guy that would just be like, yeah, I, I guess I trust you that you don't have an inhibitor chip. Something tells me when he built that scanner, he probably scanned Omega as well to be safe. Um, plus if she's perfect genetic copy, she doesn't have one. I guess that would no, no longer make her a perfect genetic copy, right? No tampering. Cause that chip like, I can't remember exactly how they describe it in Clone Wars, but they kind of make it seem like it's a it's a biochip. Yeah, it's made yeah. from, like, biological material or something. Um, so, yeah, technically you're right, where that she would no longer be a perfect cop. It would be like if they gave her the um, the stuff that makes them age real quickly, right? Like, you know, they give them yeah, yeah. something... Like that, a like a growth serum kind of. Yeah, they, I can't. Re- they, they, I can't remember what they call it. They call it something and slip in my make mind. Make them up in age. Yeah. 
um, so yeah, I don't know. I, I think she's probably clear of an inhibitor chip. And frankly, I would be quite bummed if I had to watch Omega turn on her homies. Phew, that's a bummer. See what you're doing to me, Andy. You're just trying to bum me out after the week I had. I do do it on myself, Andy. How could you do this? I'm just fucking with you, buddy. Um, you want to hear from? <laughs> yep, I do. Must be doo doo. <laughs> you want to hear from our buddy, Mister 100, Kobe? Kobe. Hey, awesome world. It's your boy Kobe, aka Mister 100, coming at you with the voicemail. Uh, we're getting a little better at these. A few less takes. Uh, this one's not going as well as last time, but um, yeah, it's still still better than you know taking 15 takes for this. Um, so my question this week uh, revolves around the the Kenobi series, the upcoming Kenobi series um, that I hope we're getting soon. Um, so a lot of you know, everything is all rumors and speculations and we've got this covered and now this articles and, uh, that crap. But one of the main persisting things that's happening with the Kenobi series is the Hayden Christensen stuff, you know, always oh, he's, he's cutting his hair. Oh, he's shaving his, or he's, or he's growing his hair out. He's shaving his beard. He cut his fingernails a certain way. Oh my God, he's coming back. And it's like, that's, you know, that's awesome. I love Hayden Christensen. I, I really want to see that guy get another shot to do something um, so he can show all those, you know, fandom menace assholes and all the people that, and, and just, you know, normal people that thought, wow, this guy's not a great actor because he really, while he's not a bad actor, he, he just, he got written some bad dialogue and I think he was just inexperienced at the time and I think... I think the, all of his cards were just dealt against him. Um, so I really want to see that guy get another shot because I haven't seen, I've only seen like one other movie that he's been in. I can't remember what the name of it was, but I've heard he's not a bad actor. I mean, I really, you know, it just, he really got the shit under the stick on that one. So I would love to see him come back. My thing is, is how is he coming back? Right. Um, if it's a flashback, I'm, I'm all for that. That would be so cool. Flashbacks or uh, like a dream, some kind of something that is not physical, something more abstract, not concrete. Um, or say, you know, say he's going to suit up in the Darth Vader suit, right? Maybe it's like moments of him, um, like they cut away from Kenobi and they go to like him on a Star Destroyer or doing whatever, really. I mean, that stuff is fine. The big thing that I keep seeing people saying is like, oh, they're going to, he's going to suit up and um, they're going to face off. And that's going to be like a big thing as they fight. And it's like, that to me is not, not something I want to see. I will be, I hate to say that I won't like it because I'll, li I'll like it. I'll love to see it. Love to watch it. But I won't like it canon wise. Because I and I know it hasn't been explicably stated um, in the new canon, but in the EU, Obi Wan never left Tatooine, and I think that should be something that continues on with the current canon because it makes it just makes too much sense to take out. I mean, he's his sole purpose is to safeguard Luke and wait till he's of age and train him, and if he's gonna go off and fight 
you know, fight guys and leave planet and stuff like that. It's, it kind of just defeats the whole purpose of what his character is. And, and I don't want to sound like one of those assholes that has a problem with everything. I mean, I'm just saying, I just, I don't know if I like that. You know, even if, even if Vader has to come to him, like, I just, I don't want to see that because, you know, Vader should not come to Tatooine. Obi-Wan should not leave Tatooine. And they shouldn't, in my mind, face off in, in real, you know, physically face off um, until A New Hope. And I just, I really don't want them to retcon that. That just would not be cool to me. Uh, what do you guys think? Would you guys, would that be something you'd want to see? Do you want to get rid of the whole, you know, Kenobi doesn't stay on Tatooine. He actually... Uh, leaves and you know that's just that's not part of what the new Kenobi or not new Kenobi character but you know what I mean um let me know what you guys think maybe I'm just thinking into it too much but uh yeah have a good one see you guys later okay Kobe buddy have, have I got some bad news for you because <laughs> like it's already confirmed and, and this isn't like confirmed you know, like they announced it, Lucasfilm announced it, that Hayden is coming back for the Obi-Wan series, right? We know that. And, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if it's a little bit of both. It's maybe we do get some sort of flashback scene. That could be very cool, and I could be very into that. Right. Um, but he's I, he's going to be in the Vader suit. And then specifically during the investors meeting, they when they announced that Hayden was coming back, Kathleen Kennedy or whoever it was, I think it was Kathleen Kennedy, specifically used the terms, the term like rematch of the century or something like that. Rematch of a lifetime. So I don't like that phrasing. Well, I can't remember exactly how she put it, but she basically used the term rematch. That's the... Imp- it doesn't matter what comes after the word rematch, right? Right. The the key term we're honing in on this is rematch because that says to me that Anakin slash Vader and Obi-Wan have some kind of rematch. Now, that being said, for a couple of years now, there's been plenty of episodes that Will and I have done where I've mentioned, like, when talking about the Obi-Wan series, that I didn't want him to leave Tatooine and I didn't want him to face off against Vader. Basically felt very similar to how Kobe felt, right? Now, in a perfect world, like where, you know, it was just based on on my single thoughts of Star Wars, a perfect world for me, um, it would still be that way. Still not a huge fan of the idea of Obi-Wan leaving Tatooine. Also not the biggest fan of the idea of him and Vader facing off. But leading up to the official announcements, there's so many rumors that Hayden was coming back um, and things like this that, like I've just... Imagining Obi-Wan Kenobi sequestered on Tatooine by himself, living a hermit life that he's chosen to live for himself in order to protect a boy from afar... From his murderous, villainous father. Like, it seems a lot more tragic. And carries so much more emotional weight. When you think about what it must have been like 
to have to live the rest of your life on a desert planet just to look after this kid who may well, or may not be important. Yeah. Well, I, I think it's pretty. I think there's pretty good evidence. I mean, obviously, you know, but regardless, you have a hunch through the force that he's going to be important. You know, I I do kind of like that. You know, that's quite the sacrifice. Yes, I kind of like that. Now, the heroic sacrifice of your life. So now that we lived, now that we know these things, right? Now that we know, we don't like to think of him popping over to Canto Bight. You know, taking an old man vacation to the. Right. Now, okay. So now that we know these things, now that we know Hayden's in it, he's going to be Vader. Rematch. Well, something I was going to say about that is, you know, we've already, with Rise of Skywalker, we've established that the Force can appear to you through people that have passed on. Right? Like, you know, because Han Solo appeared to Harrison Ford, I mean, to uh, Kylo Ren. Yeah, right? but that. Look, I'm gonna be completely honest with you. That I know one is, they were stretching it. That I one's fucking it. messy for me. Like, I love the scene. I love the scene. I love the scene with Harrison Ford and Adam Driver, and like, n- no lie, it makes me tear up a little bit every time. Like, it's really well done and fucking. And they say something along the line of you know, you know, it's a memory or whatever. It's yeah, like I he's not like really there. Shit. It's like a memory of you know, like the force is manifesting your presence there or some shit like that. But like. That, that was, you know, I, I totally get that, but here I'm, I get not you. I'm getting not. I get I get you not liking it. I get it being messy. Like, I totally get it. But it, it really opens the door for, you know, Obi-Wan meditating on, you know, something about about Anakin or, or what went wrong or missing him. And all of a sudden the force appears to him as Anakin, like, you know, to, to talk with him within his meditation. You I know, think that would be way too confusing for people. As um because as Anakin would have appeared, you know, had he not. Right. I I think that's too confusing to people because you're dealing in a situation where the guy's still alive. Like in Rise of Skywalker, at least it's someone dead. So you could be like, "Oh, right. it's it's his ghost. It's the for-. like it's a it's a different situation he, when I mean, it's I know. It's just like, you know, it, it's interesting with his psyche trying to sort itself out if the, that was how the Force chose to appear to um, him. You know, what would be interesting to me is if Obi-Wan had some kind of Dagobah cave experience, right? Where he goes in and he's part of this fucking vision that involves Anakin in some way. I could see that being really cool. Because I love the fucking... Force cave on Dagobah. I love the cave in the Last Jedi. I like when, when Star Wars does like a weird, scary place that causes you to have a vision. Right? I think that shit's cool. But um, what I'm saying is, now that we know there's a rematch, now that we know Hayden's in the Vader suit, we can safely assume Obi Wan does leave Tatooine. I'll accept all that, but I just want the reason to be something really good and really cool. So if perhaps he's headed to Tatooine and Obi-Wan intercepts him somewhere else instead of as a distraction. Yeah. Instead of letting him come there or or throws him off the scent. I would say the, the idea like the least is Vader coming to Tatooine and that's where they have their, their rematch. So long as it's not, you see what I'm saying? I like your idea. I like the idea of he gets word that Vader's headed to Tatooine 
And it so gives it reason for him to leave. He goes like, off. There's to, a purpose. Right. I need a really good reason. And this is the other thing. I don't care what the numbers are for this. Uh, this the, the the viewing numbers are for this Obi-Wan miniseries. I don't want them to then keep coming up with all these reasons for for Vader v Obi-Wan round two. No, well, not even just that Obi-Wan to leave Tatooine. I want this to be something so important. The only Obi-Wan can take care of that for this one time, he's got to leave Tatooine. You know what I mean? Not the Obi-Wan winters in Tatooine. Not the fucking Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan's trip to the dispensary. You know what I mean? Like, no, man. (laughs) you better learn hydroponics um so that's the thing like yes he doesn't own a spaceship the um, time we make it to no a new hope no so so you have to assume he he goes to moss Eisley. oh god oh god (laughs) i just oh god right oh i just thought of something they could do that it is you know, Star Wars likes to do this sometimes where it does a real on-the-nose reference. Yeah. I just realized the possibilities of like, okay, something comes up. Obi-Wan's like, shit, I have to leave. I have to leave. I can't, oh, I got to go handle whatever this is. Whatever dark side shit is going on. Whatever Darth Vader shit is going on, right? And he's like, fuck. Well, I guess I better go to that Moss Eisley place and hire somebody to take me off planet. So he goes and he hires... And he has something happen. Probably he'll run into fucking doc, young Dr. Evazon and Ponda Baba again. Those two fucks. Those right? fucks that make it into everything. So they show up and he's like, they have an argument. And then when he's leaving, he was like, boy, that place sure was a wretched hive of scum and villainy. Wink. Yeah. Right. Oh, oh I just. Or Ponda Baba and Dr. Evazan introduce themselves as scum and also villainy. I. I'd turn off the TV. <laughs> Haas would say, nope. Nope. My name's nope. Scum, and he's villainy. Give, give us your credit. Let's hear from Jim and then call it a night. <laughs> we bummed you out. I just don't want to speak it into existence. You know what I mean? It's like, uh, who are your people? Well, I don't have any people. Oh, oh god i don't like it i don't like it and i like that movie but i don't like that it's like you said it's when it's too on it's the too, nose sometimes they go a little too on the nose with the reference and i love i love references I love me a wink and a nod yeah but it's like a wink and a nod and it hit me with and the sledgehammer and it's in a little tap to the balls next thing you know you get <laughs> you pooped yourself and you're driving home in a torrential <laughs> tropical in storm all right, let's listen to Jim's voicemail. What's going on, Halls and Will? How are you gentlemen doing? I wanted to talk to you guys about Omega and her future in Star Wars. I feel like she, her fate will be the same as the Bad Batch uh, because she's so in love. But, I mean, Booba's, Bo, Booba, Boba's got to show up. And, uh, I mean, I kind of hope that he scoops her up and she tags along with him and uh, grows up with him a little and then they grow apart and she doesn't want to do the whole bounty hunter thing. I mean, she's clearly doesn't have a hateful bone in her body, but maybe we'll see later uh, some of her aggression come out. I still don't see it. But where do you see her future? Um, 
it almost makes the most sense that she's going to land on Camino, end up on Camino, running the facility or something, because, uh, you know, she's not going with a family. Uh, we've seen that that doesn't work. And, I mean, nothing else really, the family business of bounty hunting doesn't really fit for. Uh, but, and I remember that someone high up said that uh, they just watched the last episode and they're crying. Uh, I can't imagine her dying by the end of this show. That would be, I mean, oh, riots in the street, in the Star Wars streets. But what do you, what do you think's going to happen to her, or what do you at least hope? What, what would you like her ending to be? Well, all right, gentlemen, uh, ignite the green because right now I can't. Man, buddy. Uh, so Will and I were talking about this a little bit earlier in the show, right? About the. It seems like the potential for Omega to show up and stuff in the future seems pretty high. Um, uh, yeah, I think there is no chance her her story is done here. No. I mean... I feel like... Well, for one, I feel like she's pretty well received. Granted, you know, I'm a little checked out on Star Wars social media as far as like following it as much as I used to, but I see a lot of people really dig in Omega. I've seen a couple people be like, yeah, she's just all right, but seems like a pretty well-received character. Um, so that helps the chances of her showing up and stuff again in the future, for sure. You know, if this was a character that everybody hated, if this was fucking Dr. Eva's in. Ponda Bobo with your one arm. Uh, Honestly, if it was Kiati Mundi, we'd never be showing up again. No, never. Um, but yeah, I, I think the possibility of her showing up is very high. I don't see her story being done when Bad Batch is done. Right? She's no. a young character, so that that alone allows them to bring her into the I'm... original trilogy era and post original trilogy era if they want to. I'm honestly, I'm scared, more scared for the Bad Batch. Yeah, me too. I want her to have a family union. I want them, to, I want the Bad Batch to settle down somewhere and raise Omega, right? Like, but they yep. can't. You know, they've lived by the sword for too long. And the thing about living by the sword is that any old cowboy movie will tell you, you live by the sword long enough, you're going to die by the sword. You know, it's just how it goes. Yeah, I... I imagine they might do some... I, I think they might do some stuff with Omega in the future. I mean... I just don't know what it is. I'm not great at, like, long-term thinking, because... I guarantee. With her basically being Boba's sister, like, could she show up in the book of Boba Fett? Maybe. She she could. But what would the... And plus, we it's hard for me to say not knowing, you know... We've only got nine episodes of the character. Like, I need to see a little more right. what direction they're taking her in. Like, the direction we've seen her in so far is like she's super smart. She's super capable. She can take care of herself. She's pure hearted, very pure hearted, you know? Right. Before I could even begin to cock a duty speculate, I need to see her evolve from that. Um, like, that character to change a little bit and evolve and see. What yeah, because they seem to be taking it in. You can keep her innocence, or you can, you know, destroy it. Basically, well, you like kind of destroyed Ahsoka's innocence, right? Like, well, I was well. That's a really good example because, like, 
if you were to try and guess where Ahsoka's character was going to go after nine episodes of the Clone Wars, like, fuck my nuts, you're not going to be able to figure <laughs> that shit out, right? You're going to be yeah, like, I, I don't certainly, know. certainly did not consider... She probably you know, dies. She probably... Wrongful, wrongful accusation and desertion. And, and, and then becoming, like... Um, part of the rebellion and facing off against Darth Maul and Darth Vader and tie- going into some weird interdimensional fucking place with a bunch of doors that people are always like, that's the answer to everything. You Ahsoka know what I mean? was the one and only and closest thing they'll ever be to a gray Jedi. I feel like, Oh boy. I don't like that term. I know you don't. I know, that's why I was trying to just slip it in there and get out of there. Shit. Yeah. Um, but you're probably right. I mean, I I think the show will give us a lot more. We'll, we'll you know, it'll be neat us... if there are others like Ahsoka that kind of walk the middle and they have another name for them, you know. Um, but what was the what was the well, the guy that was neutral in the middle in Rebels? What was he called? The Bindu. The Bindu. The big yeah. moose guy. Yeah. Yeah. That's the only thing that's kind of like Ahsoka. Right. I haven't thought. Or Ahsoka's about... pretty much a Jedi, just not by name. Yeah, right? she's definitely uh, to me. Ahsoka's definitely like she's like I am no Jedi, and I'm like, mm. and title only. <laughs> Looks like a Jedi. <laughs> Moves like a Jedi. Uses lightsabers and the Force like a Jedi. Yeah. Doesn't like to use the dark side. No. 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 No fan of the dark side doesn't seem like it kind of kind of sounds like a jedi to me yeah and in like yeah yeah so yeah i don't know man um i think that does it for us this week thanks all you guys for um emailing and writing in i always mean to do this at the beginning of the segment but i forget if you guys if any of you listeners uh want to send in an email or voicemail you can blueharvestpodcast at gmail.com we love them uh another thing we love Five-star iTunes reviews. I've seen a couple new ones popping up on there, guys. I appreciate you. Um, They really help us out. They help other people find the show. And and that's a good time. And if you like video games, playing them, watching them, listening to two dudes talk about them, check out the High Potion podcast available on all your... Uh, all your favorite podcast platforms is me and our buddy Steve talking about video games. Speaking of Steve, he was the guitarist player, guitarist for Stoned Cobra, the band that was kind enough to provide the music for our theme song. If you haven't already, check them on out on iTunes, Spotify, or at stonedcobra.bandcamp.com. Your ear holes will thank you. Yeah. Um, and that does it for this week. Uh, until next week when hopefully nobody has any stomach issues. I don't know, man. All, may all your pants remain poop-free. You know, I really should have just <laughs> not continued to mention it through the episode because, <laughs> like, I could have just go and cut that out. Like, I'm feeling really embarrassed. Like, because, You're having uh, the last post-poop yeah. clarity. Well, <laughs> the last two days, like, I've been thinking... Maybe I'll tell that story on the podcast. Because, like, there's plenty, it would be funny. there's plenty of people listening who in their adult life no 
have Wonder accidentally no pooped themselves. It makes it hard. To put yourself <laughs> out there. Um, when you don't hear the audience erupt in laughter at your public humiliation. Yeah. Anyways. People um, will chuckle in their cars independently. Yeah, maybe. Or they unsubscribe. And they're like, well, I mean, over the line. I've listened to a lot Bro, of dumb shit for it, this dude. I'm just saying, if that's the line, we, we should have lost that person long, long ago. You're probably right. Anyways, this has been Blue Harvest. We appreciate you guys. Uh, and we'll talk to you next week. I'm Hals Burkhart. I'm Will Whitten. May the force be with you. May the force be with all of you. May the force be with us. <laughs>